You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. podcast i'm your host connor lodzi joined by my co-host today joey ikes and thanksgiving week is here we like to wish everybody listening happy holidays i hope you guys have a great thanksgiving with you and yours um obviously a yearly tradition for the cowboys they play on every thanksgiving um and we get a unique one this year with the washington commanders um coming to town and we get dolly parton on thanksgiving so it should be a fun one uh we're going to talk about that today we've Kind of skipped out on the game previews the last couple weeks just because they've been a little boring. But first matchup with Washington um, and it being Thanksgiving, we're going to dive back into that. But before we do, Joey, how are you doing? I'm I'm doing well, man. It's uh, like you said, it's it's the holiday season coming up and we're uh, it, it's time for the. It, this is when it feels like the Cowboys season really starts to get rolling. And part of that is, you know, this stretch where they play Sunday, Thursday, Thursday, almost every year and. You know, we're going to get a lot of Cowboys stuff here over the course of just a few weeks or just a few days, it feels like. And um, and by the end of this little stretch, we're going to be right on top of the the next Philly game and, and looking at this big stretch of games coming up where um, there's going to be some pretty competitive situations that we, you know, we haven't seen too many of those this year. But uh, but it's it's going to be good to see those coming up and uh, Washington coming up on Thanksgiving and uh, and Miss Dolly. So uh, it'll be good. <laughs> And what what is it? Thir- three games in fourteen days or something like that. Like they obviously have a ton of ton of game. You know they just played Carolina on Sunday. They play Washington this Thursday, and then they come back next Thursday um, and play again. So it's a lot of games in a short period of time. You know, so that you saw the injury report came out today. Um, second day of the injury report, CD Lamb, you know, was limited. Uh, practice practice full today, so some guys kind of getting some some rest day uh sort of reps yesterday and then kind of getting back into the swing of things now um really the only injury concern that i have for for thursday is i guess jaron curse has not practiced the last two days with a back injury um that might be one of the the con- biggest concerns from the injury report so far is there anything else that you noticed um on that injury report that came out today that kind of gives you some some pause of who might not be available on thursday uh, no, not really. I mean, like you said, I think Jaron Curse is probably the one that you you kind of think about. But you know, in terms of can the Cowboys, that's probably the one of the positions that you feel like the Cowboys can most easily handle an injury to one of those top flight guys with you know with the way Wanya Thomas has played and uh, and Israel McQuamu is you know 
hasn't played. You know, we came into the season thinking Israel McQuamu was ready to kind of step into a pretty significant role, you know, split between safety and slot. And uh, that hasn't really happened at this point. But, uh, but yeah, this uh, – it, and it's one of those on a short week turnaround like that, how, how does a back-type injury hold up? Um, you know, I'll, you almost hope that they, they give him – you know, give him a break, give him a, a a chance to let that thing heal up without being too uh without being too tight on it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, mean, I hate, hate to say it this way. I obviously hope Jaron Curse is okay, but it's not like Jaron Curse has been setting the world on fire right now. Um, you know, it might be it might be time to start looking at getting Wanye Thomas some playing time. He saw some action last week, you know, with some of these safeties, you know, moving around, playing in and out. Um you know, it's just been one of those things where you've had J. Ron Kirsch, you've had Donovan Wilson, you've had Malik Cooker. You feel confident about those guys. Um, you know, Marquise Bell playing more of a linebacker role, but um, it's not like any of the safeties have really been absolutely killing it this year. Um, I think Malik Cooker's probably been fine, but you've had some up and down performances from Donovan Wilson and J. Ron Kirsch. So I feel like getting Juan Day Thomas more involved isn't the worst thing, anyways, even though it is because of an injury. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the um, I, I think the safeties have been less um, uh, less playmakers this year. Uh, I, I, I used more... it the other day on Twitter. I think you know, you're it's not a word you normally use for safety plays, but they've been less explosive. I guess is the yeah, way. You, yeah, you kind yeah, of... exactly. And so there's uh, there's there's that dynamic that, and it's almost like the linebackers have gotten so much more explosive. You know, with with the way Marquise Bell and Damone Clark have been playing that there's so much more speed at the second level with those guys that they're, it's almost like the safeties don't have to make every play like they have uh, the last couple of years for anything. They got past the first level. It felt like the safety was making the play. Uh, but with the way the linebackers are playing this year, they, uh, they don't have to do that quite as much. And it's, uh, it's been a refreshing to see that from the linebackers, but, uh, but it also, it, it makes, it gives the impression or can give the impression that the safeties aren't playing well when I don't necessarily know that they're not playing well because the defense is still really good, but they just haven't, like you said, I love that word. They haven't been quite as explosive as you, as they have, as you've seen before. Yeah, no doubt. Um, But no, I mean, I think all the other guys that are popping up, you know, Tyron Smith didn't practice today, but it says on the injury report, not injury related rest. You know, they're kind of giving him his normal rest every week and it seems to be playing out pretty well. Um, I think other than Kirsch, you're probably going to be full strength, it looks like, um, which is good news. But let's dive into the, some of the matchups. We'll start with the Washington offense. Um, it's been an interesting year from the Washington offense. Like, you can say that given their roster on offense, that it hasn't been a bad year for them. Obviously, they rank 20th in EPA per play. Um, they rank 22nd in drop back EPA. And they rank they rank 18th in rush EPA. So, you know, kind of a slightly below average offense. Um, but when you got a second year guy in Sam Howell starting pretty much every game for you, um, you know, Terry McLaurin really being your only scary option on offense. You know, Brian Robinson's a decent running back, but he hasn't really developed it, you know, really taken that year second year jump that they thought he would. Um it's hard to say they've been disappointing because I think they've probably overachieved a little bit, but it still hasn't been great. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's one of those where when you look at the 
the parts, you think, you know, maybe this offense could be okay. Like you said, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson is a good young wide receiver who, you know, ha- maybe hasn't taken the, the step that you would have expected or that many thought he might take this year. But, you know, and then you, like you said, Brian Robinson, and there's just, there, it's hard because it, it feels like there's just something missing from this offense that it's hard to identify exactly what it is because you, you like a lot of the weapons. None of them are like, like you said, scary, which is ironic considering the nickname with for Terry McLaurin. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but none of them are super scary, but you look at like, okay, you know, Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dodson, Logan Thomas, Terry McLaurin. That feels a lot like, a pretty decent offensive skill position group. And yet, like you said, they're in the bottom half of the league and just about every offensive um, offensive category in terms of, you know, efficiency and explosiveness. And, you know, Sam Howell, they're turning the ball over a ton. He's been sacked a ton. <laughs> like, there's just – there's just some pieces missing and you, you think the coordinator is good because, you know, we think Eric Bieniemy is a good offensive coordinator and he's done some, some, some good things from a scheme standpoint, but for whatever reason, you know, and I have my theories for what it is, but for whatever reason, it just hasn't progressed like you thought it would. And, uh, and, and it, so it, it makes them a tough team to really understand because they do have the, uh, they do have the ability you know, to go score 35 points against Denver or 30 against Philadelphia and beat, and you know, and, and hang with Philadelphia or beat Philadelphia if, if they get close, you know, like it's just a really tough team to kind of get a feel for because of the fact that the quarterback is so young, so right. inexperienced, and it doesn't feel like the, the, the parts match up with the whole, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think the easiest way to explain it is like their weapons aren't good enough to overcome their lack of consistency at quarterback. Like that's the the thing with San Francisco is while I don't think they have like an elite level quarterback, you know, Brock Purdy's efficient. He, you know, but they have weapons. They have Kittle, they have Ayuk, they have Samuel. Like they have enough top tier weapons to kind of overtake the lack of consistency and efficiency from the quarterback where Washington has like, like we say, like those decent weapons, you know, they're middle of the pack and they have, you know, a quarterback that just hasn't been consistent. He's turned the ball over. He can't stay on schedule like a Brock Purdy can. And I think that's where you see the kind of disconnect between the, you know, roster and then the results at times. Um, just kind of going off of last week, you know, the the Cowboys defense obviously played played relatively well. I think the run defense kind of cropped back up as that area of concern. Carolina was able to move the ball pretty much how they wanted on the ground. Um, does that give you any concern going into this game with Brian Robinson, a guy that, you know, totes the rock quite a bit? You know, they, they get into a lot of game script where they have to go away from the run. But I wonder after watching that that game film from last week if Eric Bieniemy and the Washington offense is going to kind of just commit to that and not risk him how turning the ball over and having to drop back 35, 40 times this game. I mean, there's always that possibility. But I, I don't I don't think the run defense is a problem. I just 
they are they are good enough. And the the thing about the Cowboys run defense is that they are going to create enough negative plays in the backfield that they're going to be able to stop you if they need to. There, and even like I'm looking at I'm looking at you know running RB's DM right. We were just looking at that with the the Washington offense, but like the Cowboys are like right about average in rush EPA allowed on the year. And they're still, you know, it's still negative expected points on, on rushes by the by the right. Cowboys defense. And the, the success rate is, you know, 44.8. I mean, it's that's relatively high, but it's not – it's just not – they're not bad enough on run defense for it to be a problem for me, especially if the offense is going to play the, off- the way the offense is played. Because – Teams know, if they haven't figured out yet, they should have, that you can't hope to play close with this Cowboys team. Because if you don't run away from this Cowboys team, they will blow you out. Because all it takes is one mistake. And even the Eagles, like, think about all of the plays that had to go the Eagles' way. I know, I know. Right? We we had that conversation. And somebody from the league office actually posted something I thought was amazing, you know, as we record this on Tuesday, that showed that the Eagles have been quantifiably the third luckiest team in the league this year. Yeah. On – Dropped interceptions by the opponent, dropped passes by the opponent, field goals and extra points. I'm assuming that's missed field goals and mixed extra points, and then fumble recoveries in terms of timing and all that kind of stuff. The difference in luck between the Cowboys this year and the Eagles this year is about one and three quarters wins. Purely based on luck. And it makes a lot of sense, right? You think about the fumble recoveries in the, the Eagles matchup with the Cowboys a few weeks ago. And then you think about the drop pass, you know, by Michael Gallup on third down and by C.D. Lamb in that game. And you think about the drop pass by MVS on Monday Night Football, right? Like, it, if the Cowboys play a game that's relatively normal, at some point, they're going to make it not normal. Like, we, we have to accept that 10, 10 games into this season, the Cowboys are going to blow you out if you try to play them straight up. Yeah. Unless you're unless you're the luckiest team in the league. Because the, the, the most lucky team in the league is the Chargers, which is ironic considering how crazy their losses seem to be. But the luckiest team in the league is the Chargers. They played the Cowboys close. The Eagles are the other luckiest team, another one of the luckiest teams in the league. They played the Chargers, or they played the Cowboys close. If you try to play the Cowboys close right now with the way this offense is playing, they're going to blow you out. And so I just I don't worry about run defense that much to get back to your original question because I don't think I don't think that you can be efficient enough with it against the Cowboys consistently enough to actually have the ability to use that as a game plan to win a game against the Cowboys. And that maybe that's the uh that's probably 
probably the the best way for me to say it is I just don't think it's something that any team can line up and do over and over and over and over again enough to actually beat the Cowboys that way. Yeah, and I don't disagree with anything you said. I think the interesting thing is like for the Panthers, for example, like they kind of got back into that game, you know, got to 17 to 10 because they were running and then it's like the Cowboys went up and scored that touchdown after it got 17 to 10 and it was 24 10 at that point. And they, and like you said, like they felt the pressure at that point. We're like, all right, we have to throw it in order to, you know, move the ball. And that's where, you know, like, and again, like the Washington defense isn't what it used to be. And that's why I'm not concerned about it this week. Like, but I do think, I do think going into this stretch with Seattle and, some of these better teams, not so much with Washington this week, just because I feel like the Cowboys offense will be able to score points. And, um, you know, if if teams have to kind of do that 50-50 split with the running game and passing game, I just – I feel like, you know, some of the, the Seattles of the world, the, you know, Philadelphia's again coming up here in a few weeks, like the Bills, some of those teams that can do a little bit of both. I wonder, I wonder what the defensive results are going to look like if teams can stay – kind of neutral with their game plan and not have to get so pass heavy, you know, with, with it being, you know, a two possession lead in the third or fourth quarter. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. But the thing is, I think we're, we're 10 games into the season with the idea that especially, you know, post bye week, we're now several weeks post bye. The, the Cowboys offense is good enough that you can't expect to score 17 and beat this team or score 21 and beat this team anymore. You've got to you've got to go out and score 30 to beat the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean like I said you're And so you, know, can, you can't you can't run the ball enough, well enough to score 30 points on the Cowboys. Like so that it's the way the Cowboys play to me right now is so beautiful because it creates this this is the dynamic they're trying to create, and it's the thing that, you know, it's the thing that makes them so difficult to play against is if you try to play them straight up, and Greg Olson did a great job talking about this on the broadcast against the uh, – against the uh, I can't even remember who we played last week because we – Carolina. That was, I was thinking Giants because I'm looking at their logo on one of these visuals. They, but, did, uh, they, against, did, that, against, they did that game too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. That's why it's so hard to keep track of them. It feels like we've had them six weeks in a row. But, uh, but yeah, so he was talking about how you have to play perfect against the Cowboys right now. Absolutely perfect, especially if you're at a relative talent disadvantage. Like if you – which Washington is, the Panthers were, the Giants were, you know, most yeah. teams are because the Cowboys are really good. And I, and I guess that that was my – not to cut you off, but that was my kind of argument is after the Commanders, you've got the Seahawks who, you know, still probably aren't as talented, the Eagles, the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Lions. So these next five, um, you know, it's not so much that talent disadvantage where these teams might be able to play that more neutral game script. And if they are, you know, to where you don't have to drop back 50, 60 times a game and risk turning the ball over that, you know, the Cowboys defense have kind of feasted on again this year. That's That's my – I'm not concerned with the Cowboys run defense going into the Washington game. I'm concerned 
that the teams that'll able that are able to do that neutral game script plan, you know, which is Seattle, which is Philadelphia, which is you know can be Buffalo at times. Miami's got an explosive running game. Detroit's got you know a very heavy 50-50 mix with their guys. It's it's more so going forward than this week. But I know we're kind of talking about this week, so this was kind of a look ahead. But just kind of getting a getting your thoughts on maybe some some loose ends they need to get tied up over this these next week or two. No, I I think, you know, for a team that has been playing as well as the Cowboys have, to have some concerns in the running game for the uh, against the Panthers was significant. But even then, like, it's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I just, they added, the Panthers added 1.7 total points in EPA on running back runs. Yeah. Or really on all runs. 1.7 points. I'm okay with, I'm okay with that. Like, my thing is, let the, let these teams run the ball with the Cowboys. Because if they try, if they try to run the ball, eventually, they're gonna. The Cowboys are gonna make a big play in the backfield. That, right. You know, Micah's too good. Demarcus Lawrence is too good. Jonathan Hankins is too good. Mozzie is playing a lot better. I I just run defense is one of those things that like unless you're giving up seven yards a carry or something like that. You know, and our our buddies Landon and, and Marcus talk about it on their podcast. They, they they call it like the McMosher line or something like that. Where it's like there's a, a a line, and I don't know exactly where it sits, but it's somewhere at that point where it actually becomes a, a problem to have for the run defense. And I don't think they're below that. And I also don't think that it's a problem that has been there consistently all year. It's popped up in a game or two where, and I think it's probably in some of these games where they think they're going to blow these teams out. So they think they're ready to go out there and get eight sacks, right? And so they start to get out of their fits and stuff gets a little messy. And, you know, it's the the Cardinals game. They had trouble stopping the run, gave up a couple of big, huge plays run in the run game because they were over aggressive and had some funky fronts and stuff like that. And so I'm just not all that concerned about the run defense because I don't think the run defense – you know, we, running backs don't matter, right? I don't think run defense really matters all that much when you have an offense that can score points. If you if you're the Browns and you're going to have to win every game 13 to 10, your run defense matters. 
the Cowboys don't win many games 13 to 10 because their offense is going to go score 25, 28 points a game. And a lot of times they're going to get a defensive touchdown or two, and it's going to wind up being 40 to 10 instead of 28 to 10. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk about this Washington defense that has, I mean, man, it just felt like it was a couple of years ago that like they were one of the better units in the league and they have fallen off a cliff to put it lightly. Um, They've actually been, I'd say, better since they traded Chase Young and Montez Sweat. But I feel like they've they've generated more. I think that I saw a stat today where they've actually generated more pressure since the Montez Sweat and Chase Young trade. But um, just a unit that has struggled mightily over the last few years. They rank 29th in e- EPA uh, per play. They rank. Um, Decent success rate, uh, ranking eighth in success rate, but 29th in EP fair play, um, eighth in success rate, and then a whopping 30th in drop back EPA. So if you are sick of seeing Dak Prescott drop back 35, 40 times a game, I don't know why you would be, but if you are, you're probably going to get sick again on Thanksgiving because they are going to throw the ball a ton early, often, and probably have a lot of success doing it. Um, I will say that the last few times the Washington defense has played this Cowboys team, they've they've done pretty well. Obviously, one of the worst Dak Prescott performances that I can remember came in the last week of the season last year where they just made him look terrible, um, to put it lightly. But um, like I said, this unit has just been torched through the air this year, and the Cowboys passing game has been pretty damn exciting the last four to five weeks. So Definitely not a bad uh, matchup for the Cowboys against this uh, Washington Commanders secondary and pass defense. Um, anybody you're kind of worried about on that side of the ball? Yeah, I mean, it, for these guys, it all it starts up front. Even though they traded to you know pretty high profile defensive linemen, it still starts up front, and it starts with Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne. And uh, you know, luckily the Cowboys have you know the best left guard in the game right now, probably in Tyler Smith. And, you know, probably the best right guard in the game in Zach Martin, even though he's not playing up to his typical standard this year. He's he's a little bit down, which, you know, understandable. I still think the Cowboys, like, but the edges in this game are going to be, you know, they're going to be soft. This It's one of those games that's a little bit hard to preview in a different way than the last you have. Because to me, it feels a lot like, it almost feels this is a little scary. It almost feels like the Cardinals game, where it's like, yeah, they've got it, they've got this guy and they've got this guy, but it just doesn't feel like enough. But I think the major difference between then and now for me is the way the the offense is playing, yeah, and absolutely. the way the way the offense is designed right now, and the fact that they didn't go into Carolina knowing they were going to blow Carolina out and just run slant, flat, and stick forty times, thinking they could keep everything held to the vest and not worry about putting together a real game plan for those guys. They went out there and, you know, slapped them around for four quarters, which is what you expect this team to do. And so if they can block Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen, which is, you know, a big ask for sure, there there's not really any reason why this Washington team should give the Cowboys too much trouble on defense. They should be able to move the ball well. And the the way you illustrated it was, was really awesome in that you pointed out they are pretty good from a success rate standpoint, which means it can be difficult to be efficient on a down-to-down basis against them. But on an expected play, on expected points standpoint, 
they're really bad, which means they're giving up a lot of really big plays. And they're giving up a lot of third down conversions and they're giving up points in the red zone and things like that. That's what it means when you have a high EPA uh, but a low success rate. Is your it's not easy to be efficient, but it's easy to be explosive or not, but it's easier to be explosive. And um Dak Prescott happens to be one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the league consistently. And they are extremely explosive right now with what they're doing um, in the past game with the way they're featuring CeeDee Lamb, the way they're getting Brandon Cooks involved the last few weeks, and the way they have sort of rolled some of these other guys in, the way Jake Ferguson's playing. And um, and I think I think on the run game, you can attack the edges of this team because, you know, the, the edges are going to be soft. And uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I'm kind of in a weird point with with talking about this team because we talk about this team a lot from a things we wish they would do better standpoint. We spend all off season and you know the week leading up to the trading deadline and all that kind of stuff talking about how we wish they would do this or I, I wish they would you know make one more move or do one more thing. But when you you get into these games and you look at it and this Cowboys team is just a really good team. And they've proven that unless you're a really good team, most of the time they're going to come out and they're going to slap you around. And so uh, Thanksgiving has not necessarily always been their best uh, their best outing. So it will be interesting to see if that, that plays a factor on the short rest and all that. But it just – I don't really worry about Washington all that much, partially because, you know, Sam Howell's going to take six sacks or something like that in this game. Yeah. And and the, their offense is not going to be able to be explosive or efficient against the Cowboys. Even if they run the – even if they have one series where they run the ball pretty well on that series, you know, back to our conversation a minute ago, and then they get a, a penalty on a third down or a fourth down and it gives them a conversion and then they get a big pass interference penalty and they wind up scoring a touchdown on it. And it, it's, you know, in the second quarter and it makes the game, you know, 10 to seven in the second quarter. There's a reason why these games are 60 minutes long and there's a reason why the, the teams wind up where they wind up. And uh, I just don't worry that over 60 minutes, unless there's some really weird bounces of the ball, which is always possible that, I don't worry that this Cowboys team will, will falter against this Washington team. Yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree with anything you said. I, I do agree with one thing you said that when you look at it, you're looking at the roster, you're looking at all the rankings, you're kind of like, man, this does feel eerily similar to that Cardinals game where it's like you have a quarterback you're playing against that can hurt you a little bit, but you don't think he will. And then on defense, you're like, all their good players are either hurt or you don't see anybody that really scares you. And I feel like the both, you know, we said the same thing for both of those weeks. And I think the difference is, is that Josh Dobbs, you know, was able to do some things with his legs and wasn't going to turn the ball over or take a ton of sacks. And I think Sam Howell is going to turn the ball over. He's not as good with his legs, um, even though he can. He's 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 what we would call mobile. Um, and he's probably going to take a ton of sacks. So that's the difference there. I think this this Cowboys defense can feast a little bit more than the main difference like you touched on is this offense is just playing at a much higher level now than it was against Arizona in week three. So even if Washington does come out and punch in the mouth a little bit, you feel like this, this Cowboys offense could come out and respond and uh, put up points if they need to where against Arizona, it was a 
dogfight to to get into the red zone and then after that it's it's it was a dogfight as well so it was a little just more difficult in week three than things are now um and I just think with the way the quarterback's playing right now it's I mean people I mean again it's it's hard you know Dak played fantastic against the Philadelphia Eagles he's played really he's played not as bad as a lot of people think he's played against in some of these playoff games against the 49ers um I don't think the game against the 49ers early in the year was all that bad until the winning percentage was below 10% and they had to kind of air it out and take some risk. I think it got ugly after that, but um, the way the quarterback's playing right now is I think they're, you know, he's going to be the, he's going to be the best quarterback in the games that they play for the remainder of the season. Um, And that might be the case even when they get in the playoffs, because I just don't see a quarterback in the NFC that's, that's playing at a level he's playing at. And I think that if this defense can keep playing the way it's playing and, and you know, stay – this doesn't make any sense, but stay ahead of the chains, just just not get in that dogfight and have to worry about the run and the pass as much. I'm really excited to see them go up against the Lions, the Dolphins, and the Bills in a three-week stretch because that will really give us a feeling for what this defense really is against playoff contending teams before we get to the playoffs. So it kind of give us a – Give us some 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 weeks stretch there to to get a feeling for what this this defense really is against legit playoff teams. But uh, like I said, I think the quarterback's just playing at a level right now that you feel confident going into any game. Um, and I think that he's given you an advantage that my, not many other quarterbacks are giving their other team teams right now. We saw two guys that get ranked ahead of him a lot and talked about in a whole different tier of the play last night. Then neither one of them really did any of the things. Uh, that a lot of people claim they do. So, um, like I said, obviously the, the Eagles came out and won another another close game against a good team. You got to kind of chip your cap to them. They keep finding ways to do that. But I think, like I said, for the remainder of the season, even throughout the playoffs, to, you know, depending maybe if they make it that far, or who would be in the Super Bowl. I just don't feel like I don't feel like there's a quarterback left on the schedule that's gonna. I'm gonna go. Man, Dak does not have the edge in that that game. Right. Yes. That that's. There's not a quarterback on the schedule that I'm going to look at the that I'm going to look at it and say the Cowboys are at a distinct disadvantage at the quarterback position and need the rest of their team to overcome that. Um, and that's a really, to be honest, it's a really great place to be as a uh, as a fan for sure and as a football team. Yep, I I love the way the schedule plays out because you get to Washington, you you know, knock on wood, you should be able to go out and handle your business against Washington and get to eight and three. Then you got some, you got some some testers. You know, you got the Seahawks who obviously lost a, a rough one last week against the Rams, but they're a better opponent than the Commanders. So you get you get a better opponent to go up against, and then you get the Eagles, you get the Bills, you get the Dolphins, you get the Lions. Like it, it just it's a great it's a great month. For, for the fans, for the team to really – even if they drop a game or two in that, you can still bounce back. You know, you, you lose to the – hopefully they beat the Eagles. That would be good for their, their NFC standings and chance to win the division. But, you know, if they beat the Eagles but lose to the Bills or beat the Eagles and lose to the Dolphins or win three and lose to the Lions, like you don't mind losing a game or two against those teams if they're competitive games. You're showing that fight. You're, you're showing the ability to win – um, you know, on both sides of the ball, you're just not getting manhandled like they did against San Francisco. You know, nobody feels terrible about the way they lost that Eagles game. So if they play all those games like that and go three and two or, you know, three and three, whatever it is, like even if they split those games, it's like if they play it to a certain way, I think you're you're going to feel pretty confident in that team going into the playoffs and feel like they can play with just about anybody that, that's playing across from them that day. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's it's starting to crystallize that unless, you know, the Eagles falter from a, you know, from a execution close game because they, they've got a stretch of really tough games coming up here too until the last three weeks of the year and they go like New York, Washington, New York or something like that. So, uh, but unless they falter in a way that, you know, is a little bit unexpected right now, you're probably looking at being the number five seed in the playoffs, which means you're, you're going on the road to play against the NFC South winner, you know, probably new Orleans at this point. And I feel pretty darn good about this team going to play indoors in new Orleans against Derek Carr and that team in the playoffs. And then it comes down to, okay, can you get through the divisional round on the road against, you know, insert whatever team you wind up playing, you know, San Francisco, Philadelphia, who else, whoever. So can you, can you go on the road and beat one of those teams? I think that's, that's really what it's going to all come down to. And then can you go on the road and potentially do it again against the other one? And uh, and that that's really what this is all going to come down to, which is kind of why it kind of makes this process a little bit difficult for us in these weeks right now, because it's like we're not learning a whole lot about this football team as they continue to go out and just blow these teams out every week. Because that's what the, that's what the next month's going to be awesome, just because you will learn, you will be able to talk more about. Okay, here's the issues. Here's you know, because again, some of the stuff that we think have been concerns this year. We really didn't even talk about a ton because they were winning by three possessions. And it was like, we're really going to spend 25 minutes talking about, you know, the lack of motion and shifting. No, because people will kill us if we do, but. <laughs> and then, the, but the thing is, then they fixed it. Right. 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 They came out after the, bye or... after the bye week. Right. Exactly. But I'm saying we just didn't spend a ton of time on that pre buy because they were still winning a bunch of games. And it was kind of like, you know, again, Cowboys fans do do that, but you know, you talk about things in a negative standpoint after wins, they they don't like that. So, you know, you kind of stay away from some of those topics at times. But over the next month, we'll you know, if they do drop, and maybe they're they're gonna go on the winning streak, win out the season, win the division, and you know, things are gonna be as gold as they ever could be. Um, and we won't have a whole lot of negative to talk about, but I'm sure they're going to slip. You know, there's going to be some games in that rough stretch where they probably don't come out on the winning end of the stick and. Those are always good because they they teach you a lot. That you learn a lot about the team. They learn about themselves, and then they can hopefully come out of those games and improve on them, like they showed the ability to do after the bye week. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this team probably isn't going fourteen and three, but there's a there's a pretty decent chance that they are, you know, thirteen and four, or you know, probably between thirteen and four and you know eleven and six is probably you know, probably 90% of their outcome right now. And uh, that's a pretty dang good football team. Like, regardless of what happens in January, that's a good football team. And, you know, we, we haven't learned a whole lot about them here in the, in the last few weeks, but we're going to learn a lot about them in the next few weeks. And then we get then we get to January when it gets, you know, it gets fun and interesting because it gets to the point where they haven't, they haven't gone before. And so that's uh, – that's what we're that's what we're hopeful about this year is that maybe 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 this year is different because I don't know that we've necessarily seen those types of adjustments coming out of the bye week that we saw. Um, we we've never seen Dak Prescott play this well. We you know we've never seen a wide receiver featured to this level in the last you know couple of eras of Cowboys football. Um, the defenses you know continued to play 
at a really, really high level. This is a really good team, and it's going to be really interesting to see how the next, you know, six weeks plays out as we get closer to the end, as we get through the end of the regular season, and as we get into, you know, that time that we talked about, you know, of, of having to go on the road and win a couple of playoff games. Yep. No, absolutely. I got it. Um, close it out with this. I got it twenty eight ten this week. Uh, Thanksgiving day game twenty eight ten. Uh, actually, actually, let's go twenty eight. Let's go twenty eight thirteen. I think twenty eight thirteen. Maybe a Joey Sly extra point in there. Um, misses an extra point. Uh, I think I think Washington scores two touchdowns. Um, twenty eight thirteen. Cowboys getting to eight and three. There you go. Yeah, I'm. I'll, I'm. I'll go thirty three seventeen because I think I think there's a, um, a fourth quarter hat on the quarterback and most of the defensive <laughs> players that results in a uh a, a garbage time touchdown drive by the uh by Sam Howell and Terry McLaurin that makes it thirty three seventeen when it's been you know or thirty one ten most of the game. That's something they probably might be doing more of these next few weeks if they have some leads and maybe not quite as big if, as they had as with with so many games in a short period of time and with some important ones coming up, it wouldn't be a surprise to see that fourth quarter hat maybe coming out a little earlier than it has been. You know, once they get up some, a few possessions, I think you, you can't, you can't play it too safe, but uh, I think getting some guys some rest at the end of this game, getting those guys off their feet might be a, a good way to save some of the life of this, this roster, you know, in such a short, short turnaround of these next few games. Um, but we'll be back next week to talk about it. we got another Thursday game next week. So, Really excited to kind of get this day before game preview out to you guys two weeks in a row. We don't get to do that very often. A lot of primetime games left on the schedule. So obviously it'll all these games will be nationally televised, um, which if we're going to talk about the, the quarterback and possibly enter himself deeper into that MVP conversation, that'll that'll definitely help if he continues to play at the level he has been. Uh, but we're going to keep coming back and talking about it each week on the Talking Star podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you have subscribed to every show on the podcast platform by subscribing to the blogging the boys podcast um on whatever uh podcast platform you guys listen on just subscribe to the blogging the boys podcast feed uh you'll get every show from all the different voices all the different people we thank you guys so much for listening and following we'll be back next week we are talking the star